Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole, leading functional medicine expert and best-selling author. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine practitioner. I consult people around the world. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. So we drop ship labs to people, and we provide them a functional medicine perspective on their health issues and guide them into wellness. And I've written a few books about topics that functional medicine discusses. My first book is called Ketotarian. Second book is called The Inflammation Spectrum. And my newest book recently came out. It's called Intuitive Fasting. It's already a New York Times bestselling book. So check out Intuitive Fasting, all my other previous books. Or if you want to learn more about the telehealth center, my clinical practice, check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. Let's get to today's guest. She's a dear friend of mine and a brilliant human being. And honestly, and I'm not saying this lightly, she's one of the kindest people that I've ever met. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Freed. She is a PhD and she's an internationally recognized psychological astrologer. So you heard that right, psychological astrologer. We're going to go there today, guys. We're going to get super wellness in a different way, right? Um, and I, that's what I love about the art of being well. We're all different facets of the same diamond. We all reflect light in our own way, but we're all part of that larger diamond of life and of wellness. And each episode is reflecting light in a different way. And this is definitely a different facet of the diamond and it's definitely reflecting light in a different way. But that's the heart of functional medicine. It's what is your most effective option in your life that's causing you the least amount of side effects? What's going to serve you at this point in your life? What's going to be of service to you at this point in your wellness journey? So that's really why I very intentionally I am bringing you these episodes. So if you, if this is your first episode that you listen to, go back and listen to all the episodes. You don't have to listen to them in order. 
go to the ones that you resonate with, but I would listen to all of them because they are all very intentionally curated by me because I really wanted you to dig deep into the different facets of wellness that are all part of that larger diamond that are all reflecting light in a different way. So this conversation, I mean, I really, Jennifer Freed is the best person uh, to have this conversation with. She has spent over 30 years consulting people around the world about social and emotional well-being and other psychological, spiritual, and educational topics. She's also the co-founder of the Santa Barbara nonprofit, AHA, which is dedicated to helping teens, families, and educators feel safe, seen, and celebrated. We cover so many really important topics. We talk about the understanding of what psychological astrology is and our ability to have a more evolved perspective with ourselves and the world around us. We talk about the in-depth information of our own astrological chart. We talk about the various realities that are constantly competing for our attention as we experience and react to life. We discuss the relationship between divine relation in the in the cosmos and astrology and what that means. We talk about the exciting things that this year may have in store for us. Talk about what to do with conflicts in our circles, whether that's conflict at work or with family members, or with our partner. We talk about how hot emotions and what they are, like how to deal with hot emotions and how to handle things while making the world a better place. And we talk about the aha movement that Dr. Free talks about and how it's helping our youth develop better social and emotional intelligence. Let's get to today's conversation with my friend, Dr. Jennifer Freed. Jennifer Freed, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I'm one of your biggest fans and not just for the work that you do, but who you are. That's kind of what I'm mostly into is how people show up for themselves and others. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel the same way about you. You are very well respected in our space, uh, very much. And that's I'm excited for this conversation because more people can learn about your work uh, and taking it to to the next level. Because the more people I know, the more people that learn about your work, their lives will be bettered. So I introduced you at the top of the show before we started recording. I want to hear from your words. Tell me about your work and what your heart and passion is. Okay. Well, I have two deep passions in the world. And one of them is psychological astrology, which is the combination of looking at the cosmic DNA, if you will, of the birth chart, Mm -hmm. but also the psychological, which is what are our motivations, our drives, our cultural contexts, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And combining those for me has been the single best tool of awakening that I've ever encountered. And it's a tool. So I want to talk more later about what I've noticed in the 40 years of my practice when you give someone a tool, what they do or don't do with it. So that's one passion. The other passion I've been doing for 21 years, which is my partner and I co-founded a nonprofit called AHA. And we have been on the forefront of educating young people and parents and educators on social and emotional development. Mm. And these two passions go hand in hand because without the tools being practiced on a daily basis, 
awakening doesn't have that much significance. Mm -hmm. Very true. So you have your book, uh, and we'll talk about maybe some upcoming uh, book a little bit later in the show. But the book that I, I love is Use Your Planets Wisely. I love the subtitle. It says, Master Your Ultimate Cosmic Potential with Psychological Astrology. So I guess we should start there for people that are really new to this. What is psychological astrology? Well, basically, it's looking at the astrology chart. That's the day you're born, the time you're born, the place you're born. It has to be very specific. It can change with even a minute of timing. And we look at the patterns in the charts and the opportunities and the gifts in the charts. Mm -hmm. But then the psychology part is once you know what those patterns and gifts are, let's get practical. What do we do with them? So when I'm consulting with somebody, it's not just, hey, you've got a grand trine in water. You're a very feeling person. It's how do you manifest feeling in what I call the evolved perspective? Because you can also have great feeling, but just be a complete sponge and never get out of bed. Mm -hmm. So the psychological part is, if you will, coaching on how to make this information practical. I love that. The book is a, really a manual for people to understand this, but I love how you talk about, and this is really not a, not a coincidence, but in many ways you see what you do. And I same with me as this duality of the science and the art of it. Uh, there's the science and the art of functional medicine and what I do. And you describe it a very similar way of this science and the art of it. Can you talk about the origins people hear about astrology, but just how ancient it is and this, this science and the art of, of it. Yeah. Well, the easiest way to explain it is that for the majority of human history, we did not have electricity. So our ancients in every single culture relied on the movement of the heavens to try to make meaning out of their life. And literally, generations of families would record on stone the movement of the planets to try and discern patterns. Mm -hmm. And out of all of this empirical research, they actually found correlation between when the Mars is here, wars seem to break out. When Venus is here, people fall in love. So it was all very much a direct experience of the divine. Flash forward, now we have computers and we can make charts and da da da, but mm -hmm. it's the same principle, which is as above, so below. Yeah, I love that. And you go through the in the book, Use Your Planets Wisely, you go through the, each of the sign and it's quite different than what people understand as far as the pop astrology. Tell, tell us the difference between pop astrology and the real art and science, the deep stuff that you talk about in the book. Right. Well, it's easy to explain it like this. The pop astrology is just dealing with your sun sign which is one of 10 signifiers in the chart. So it would be like me saying, people can know you, Will, by your hair. Mm -hmm. Well, they'd know something. I'm always attracted to your hair. It's quite stylish and interesting. So we do know something about you for sure. Right. But it's not telling us about your body, your heart, your organs. So the chart is not pop astrology. It takes a year to even understand the language. I mean, seriously, a year of study. Mm -hmm. And so the chart is all of these different energies and archetypes and how they intersect with each other 
And the mathematics is very mm -hmm. detailed. And when I learned, which was so long ago, <laughs> I had to do it by mathematical calculations. There was no computer. So, you know, when you really understand what it takes to calculate a chart, it's a combination of sacred geometry. And then there's the art of interpretation. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about what it takes to to interpret a chart and to even know what the chart, what are the, some of the things that, and you talk about this in the book, but what are some of the things that someone has to know to get a full chart? Because you and I had, you, I had did a session with you um, yeah. and you asked me some questions uh, yeah. and tell me about those those things and what they mean for us. Well, there's two ways now that you can get a chart reading. One is through the internet and you can get it for free as a computer report. And that's just a very basic, reliable, but very superficial way to see your chart because it will tell you what signs your planets are in, etc. But if you want to really delve deep into the meaning and significance of your chart, you have to go with a human being still because mm -hmm. we have the capacity to put all of the things together in the nuance that they're in. So I'd say start with the free computer chart, get a little familiar with the language. You certainly can use those to then work with my book. And I think if people buy my book, Use Your Planets Wisely, they could spend a year just digging into that and learning about themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you want to go further, then make sure you get a reliable astrologer because everyone's calling themselves an astrologer now, but really look at how they were trained and what their references are, et cetera, because a lot of damage can be done when you get the wrong kind of astrologer. People often ask me what I think about a lot of the electrolyte drinks on the market today. The problem is that a lot of them are filled with lots of sugar, artificial ingredients, different artificial coloring, other junk ingredients that I just can't get behind. And that's why I love Element and what they have done. Because look, hydration is super important. And I get it why people are interested in what type of electrolyte drinks or supplements they should bring into their life. Because hydration is very important. Electrolytes are very important. Whether you're getting in your morning workout, whether you're hiking in hot temperatures, whether you're intermittent fasting where electrolytes are very important, or you struggle with headaches or muscle cramps or fatigue, electrolytes are super critical for all those things of just feeling great. And Element fixed the problem that I have with the electrolyte drink industry that is, again, so much filled with sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, and so much other junk. Element was actually developed by Rob Wolf, who I'm a big fan of, have been for a long time. He is a former research biochemist and two times New York Times bestselling author and his coaches, Tyler and Luis, because they were frustrated just like myself with the lack of healthy electrolyte options in the market. Their customers include three Navy SEAL teams as prescribed by their master chief, Team USA weightlifting, and dozens of NFL and NBA teams. As a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. You can claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Just go to drinkelement.com slash art of being well. That's drinklmnt.com 
forward slash art of being well. It's my go-to electrolyte. I drink it every day, whether I'm fasting or not. Check it out. So as you all know, my day job is I talk to people around the world via webcam at my functional medicine telehealth center. So for over 10 hours a day, I get to talk to people about their health. And that's exciting and I love it so much, but it can do a number on my voice because I'm talking so freaking much. And even with the podcast, I'm talking a lot. So when I want to calm my throat, I use Be Immune Propolis Throat Spray by Beekeepers Naturals. They are so amazing. They created this nature-powered medicine that actually works for your throat. My friends at Beekeepers Naturals use a very special potent natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard about it yet, it's time to hear what the buzz is all about. Bee propolis acts as the medicine of the beehive. It fights germs and protects the bees with over 300 beneficial vitamins and minerals. And guess what? It's just as beneficial to us as it is for the little sweet bees. Take Bee Immune Propolis Throat Spray as a daily ritual to support your immune system or spray it to soothe a scratchy, uncomfortable throat. Like I said, when I'm talking to patients all day long, I'll put a few sprays in my throat and calms it down, takes away scratchiness. And if I'm feeling run down at all, if I'm catching something, a few sprays, and it really does the trick. For a limited time, Beekeepers Naturals is offering my listeners an exclusive deal. They will ship you a free two-week supply of Bee Immune Propolis Third Spray. You just pay $5 for shipping. To claim this deal, you must visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash willcole. This deal is not available on the regular site, so be sure to go to B-E-E-K-E-E dot com slash Will This deal is only good for March and April. Start prioritizing your immune health today. And if you don't love it, they will actually refund your $5. No questions asked. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over 2,000 stores, including Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. Okay, so then some of the questions you asked me were when I was born, where I was born. So all of this stuff, this is the the science of it, of uh, really applying it. And you gave me, you decode, I mean, you had the full chart, but then you decoded it. And this is, I guess, is you're born out of your 40 years of, of yeah. experience. This is the art of it. Yes. Oh. Um, and you hit the nail. I've said this a million times, but I'll say it again. It was like having a dozen, 20 sessions with a regular therapist, I feel like you got to the heart and the meat of it within one session versus I feel like it was a lot more uh, condensed and helpful versus like having to spend five sessions to get to know somebody. You do, knew it in one session. Do people say that a lot or is that was that just my yes. experience? No, no, they say it a lot, but it has everything to do with how, and this is true for all your clients as well. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with the willingness and openness and curiosity of the client. And in your case, you were ready and willing. So it's like, 
a great astrology reading is both of us working with divine knowing. So mm -hmm. the portals open up for both of us and I'm a channel and I have trained very diligently. So it's not like some kind of fly by night interpretation, but when we both are open to the information coming through, then it works magnificently every time. I've had the few occasions where somebody was told they had to have a reading and they reluctantly, you know, said they would have a reading and they weren't open at all. And then it's just like hitting a blocked door. Mm. But mostly people have an experience of being radically seen for who they are. Mm -hmm. And at the best, which happens, people get some insight into some parts they didn't know up till now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I could definitely attest to that being true for me. And, and for people like just a little bit of the sun, of my chart, uh, and you gave this to me afterwards, but the, my sun was in Libra, my moon was in Libra, my ascendant was in Taurus, my Mercury was in Virgo. And then you go through all the different, and you make sense of that. I mean, that's really interesting to know, but it's one thing, like you said, the psychological side of it is actually, what do I do this, with this information? What's the significance of it? Um, I don't know if, if you remember, but if you want to share a little bit about like what my session was like and like what you learned through, through that. Well, I do remember, I don't have it in front of me, but I it's remember fine. significantly that your sun and moon and Libra, let's just break that down. So the sun yeah. is the basic identity. The moon is what you need. Libra is the sign of pleasing other people, wanting things to be balanced and harmonious with others. And in your case, that sun and moon in Libra are in the house of everyday work. So one of the things we talked about then and still is true is how you have to be constantly working towards your own balance to be of service to others. And that your tendency would be over giving to others and therefore you have to constantly reset to you come first oxygen mass first and then that balance creates magnificent balance for others so that mm -hmm. was one of the things we talked about yeah so each one of those planets or uh, yeah, planets. they tell you a little bit about my personality or how i operate in the world is that a fair how you function and then with the taurus rising which is a beautiful rising and why you're so appealing to look at i notice all the time like how does will look so good it must be his skin no i'm not kidding it's like a lot of times i go how does anyone look this good constantly on instagram Thank but you. anyway a taurus rising is ruled by venus so your rising is how you appear to others and part of what you're accentuating this lifetime or showing people is the beauty of the body. Like not from a superficial place, which would be the unevolved or primitive way, like look at me, aren't I gorgeous? But really when you are in complete grace with your health and your body, then the way you look is about a kind of inner radiance. And I think you're a good example of that. Oh, thank you, friend. So through the book, you go through this, they can get their chart and then they apply the chart through your teaching. You really put your 40 years of experience in the book so they can go through and make sense of all this stuff. And there's, I want to talk about the primitive, the adaptive and the evolving, which you touched on a little bit at the beginning, but because that's interesting because you can have a same sign as somebody else or the same chart even in somebody else, but those three things that you pinpoint will bring out completely different outcomes, right? Yes. And my best example of that 
is we have Adolf Hitler and we have Charlie Chaplin. And they were both born within a day of each other, literally. One was an evil dictator and one played the great dictator in, mm. in film. Yeah. So we each have a moral vector and the chart does not tell you what that's going to be. That's not predictable. Mm-hmm. And within our free will, which we all have in partnership with the divine, we can actualize our chart as avatars, teachers, realized beings, or we can act out our charts mm-hmm. and create more and more havoc and destruction. So everybody has that choice. And I notice for myself, it's a daily workout. The primitive is reactive fear-based, lashing out, anxiety, depression, you know, low functioning. Mm-hmm. The adaptive is when things are going pretty well and feeling pretty satisfied and um, using my skills pretty practically. Mm-hmm. And the evolving is something we rarely touch on, but you see it in moments, which is when the self disappears and you're just in service of the divine and the collective. And there's no concern for self and well being. It's just really f- beautiful, fluid, contributing energy. But we don't live there. We touch on it. But my book shows each of us that we move through these different states and not in any linear way because we're constantly spiraling. But I know it's helpful for me that when I'm in my primitive state in any one of my aspects, which is the reactionary and the fear-based one and often angry for me, I just check myself. And just even being aware this is primitive. This is not how I want to be. That's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's such a grace-based way of looking at it, right? It's not even shaming yourself in that space, but it's growing an awareness to be there and then evolve from there. You know, it's great. So, and we've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it in this conversation. What do you say for people that are skeptical or they're cynics or they just don't get it? Like, what would you tell somebody in that space that's listening right now? Well, I would say good for you. I also, you know, grew up Jewish New Yorker, highly cynical, very, very distrustful family of anything woo-woo. So I always have that cynic inside of me. So I'm like a prove it person. So what happened for me is that astrology was so gobsmacking dead on, I couldn't refute it. So Mm -hmm. I would say if you're cynical, but curious, get a good reading, and then debunk it if it really doesn't work. But if you're not curious, then keep to your cynicism and find other channels for awakening. There's no need for you to be converted. This isn't that type of thing. I love that. That's such a great way of putting it. And what do you think? I don't know if you have an answer to this. I don't know if there's a good answer for it. But what do you say for the people that have like religious backgrounds or really conservative backgrounds and they hear astrology and they grew up thinking, oh, that's this bad or this is uh, like witchcraft or negative, like uh, whatever. It's negative, spiritually negative. Uh, yeah. where, where does that come? I know that in the Old Testament, it's there's reference to it. I'd be curious of the Hebrew root words of that and how it's done. Because I know yeah. in Judaism, it was used a lot. I mean, there, correct me if I'm wrong too. I think that the Zodiac signs were in the Beth HaMikdash, the, the, the Holy Temple. Yeah. Was, the whole Bible yeah. is based on astrology as far as the yes. Old Testament's concerned. I would say to anyone that's truly religious, dig deeper. Because I had to do it myself, Jewish, etc., in every single old, old temple, 
or place of worship, you will find glyphs and art relating to the Zodiac. What actually happened, the um, coming of Christ was predicted in the literal translation by astrologers. Yeah. So I think the deal is this, when you look back as we have to do to really understand our origins, Every single one of us came from faith-based cultures that believed in astrology. Mm -hmm. And it was a direct way of understanding our divine nature and having great respect for the magnitude of God or whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call it. Mm -hmm. Then what happened, as often what happens, is that men came to power and decided that it was very unhelpful to have people go directly to the divine. They wanted to be the people that had the control and the power. So this became the dark ages of astrology when they said, this is very you know, bad for you and is going to harm you. And it's made from witches because they wanted to be the power center. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you really are religious, go back before the men took power. We mm-hmm. know how badly that's gone in many cases. Yeah, I totally. I mean, if you look at what the church has done over the time to manipulate things and change things and take things out and twist interpretations of it, I mean, it's very, very true. And like I mentioned, like so much of the Old Testament, so much of the New Testament is intertwined with astral bodies and the moon signs and these, exactly. these, these festivals that are in specific times of the year too. And I want to say I'm a big lover of all realized beings. And Jesus Christ is very close to my heart and what he represents. And that I work a lot with deeply religious people, Christians, Muslims, Jews, you name it, because I recognize the value of faith when it's pure hearted and Mm -hmm. isn't about harming other people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Last year, there was a an occurrence, a celestial occurrence where the, what they said was the star of Bethlehem, which had been hundreds of years. Can you tell me about that, what we heard last year on that? Well, that's what they were referring to when Jupiter and Saturn, these two major planets were exactly conjunct, meaning mm-hmm. that they came within m- moments of each other mm-hmm. and lit up the sky. And this is the same exact in Aquarius coupling that was also like the awakening of Jesus or humanity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we are in 2021 in that pairing. So this is after one of the darkest astrological combinations in history of our history, 2020, we're now coming into 2021, which all year Jupiter and Saturn will be in the sign of Aquarius. And I want to break that down for you and your people because it's all year. Jupiter is the sign of abundance and it's also representing seeking of wisdom and knowledge. And it also represents grace and good fortune. Mm. It's in the sign for one year of Aquarius. Aquarius is about humanity. It's about collectivity It's about the freedom for each person to be uniquely who they are in a context of interrelatedness. So that's extremely beautiful. Yeah. Saturn is the planet that represents discipline, maturity, restriction, intentionality, 
Saturn is also in the sign of Aquarius, which means our focus is on intentional humanity, intentional collective, Mm -hmm. mature, responsible decisions regarding the many instead of just the one. So you put these two planets together, Jupiter plus Saturn, and what you have is this expanded possibility of intentional humanity. Mm. It's a beautiful thing for 2021, but like anything astrological, it's how we use it. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, the environment, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods can leave us deficient in key nutrients. This is where Athletic Greens can help. It is life-changing when it comes to nutrition. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your daily routine today and empower towards better habits. They simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you one thing with all the best things. I mean, people often ask me, like, what multivitamin do you recommend? Well, I actually use Athletic Greens as my multivitamin because just one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, a probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more that all work together synergistically to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet increase your energy and focus, aid with digestion and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. I love these guys. While most nutritional products come to market and stay stagnant, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research, producing 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. They invest in the most absorbable and natural source of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure their customers continue to receive the highest quality and best daily nutritional habit on the planet. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. It actually tastes amazing. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system year around. They are offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. Living your life with a simple, sustainable nutritional habit is Athletic Greens MO. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, just covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and freaking efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. So two questions keep in mind or one's a comment. So this 
convergence of these planets or this new sort of space that we're operating from that kind of shifted at the end of 2020. And just even thinking about the Star of Bethlehem, I mean, the Magi were astrologers, I mean, from the East. I mean, this is in the Bible. And they saw this same planetary convergence at that time, a long time ago. Um, But so let's talk about that. These Astro bodies, this influence that have on our life, we're part of the cosmos. We're, as you said, as above, so below. How much does free will play into this versus is this just one big matrix predestination? Are, is the story already been written or are we writing it? Or is there no way to tell? What would be your perspective with your 40 years of experience? Well, of I've been really trying to figure that out my whole life. And the best quote that I've come across, and I don't know who it's assigned to, is this free will moving against or toward destiny. Mm. So we have right now in this 2021, this extraordinary opportunity to really evolve consciousness that we mm. haven't had in our lifetime. But we are co participants in the construction of the story. Mm-hmm. And so to the degree that we rise to mm-hmm. the highest octave of this possible narrative, mm-hmm. we will see unprecedented advances in humanitarianism, in ecological solutions, in science, technology, cosmic consciousness. Mm-hmm. However, you've seen it through 2020. You have also the potential to resist to double down on the old story of us and them, of me, me, me. And we still have that resonance. So it isn't foretold what we will achieve with this possibility. That is not foretold. Got it. And that that concept of co-creators, that's actually in ancient Judaism as well, tikkun haolam, that's the correction of the world. Is that, that's basically what you're saying in your own Yes, your own we way. can mend the world together. And it's not a problem that we're broken and the world is broken. This is where the light comes in. Mm-hmm. It's just what do we do with our heads, hands, hearts, and spirits to address the problems at hand? And it requires each person to know, which is what astrologies help me understand, that we each have a very significant role to play in the advancement of consciousness and humanity. And mm-hmm. it's up to each person to not lay down on the job, even mm-hmm. though some days we feel like it. Yeah, very well said. So we're out of 2020. We're in this this new year and we're hearing, a, I mean, this that past year, even the year before, there's so much tribalism in our modern life. I know that throughout human existence, tribalism was really deep, uh, really deep. But in our modern experience, like it was really tribal and it still is. How do we handle conflict? How do we still, you know, be a light uh, and have our opinions and ha- have the truth, uh, how we feel, but still respect other people. What would be adv- your advice there? Well, I work on this every day because I have strong, passionate beliefs, as you do. The big difference between where we want to be going and where we've been is calmness, mm-hmm. is gentleness, is resoluteness. So I can vehemently disagree, and I have friends I really disagree with, Mm -hmm. but in my listening 
and regarding and respecting them, they open to me. And it's the only doorway we can all walk through. And we need to absolutely turn toward facts instead of self-motivated subjectivity. So we all need to be very mindful that we have been run by emotions and emotions are exciting and thrilling, but rarely do they lead us to wise decisions. Mm -hmm. So we need to do all the inner work to keep calm and to listen deeply and to mirror other people's experience so that the walls start to soften between mm -hmm. us. I've seen, even with my own team, I've heard stories of family members excommunicating people. They're not talking to them because they voted a certain way last year. I mean, it comes with a sense of righteousness, like they're wrong and I'm right. Um, is that standing for truth or is that negative? I mean, what, what, what would be your opinion I, on that? I think the right, wrong fundamentalism is a very low vibration. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I don't actually see it as helpful. You know, I am a very progressive liberal person. That's just how I'm made. And I have friends that are deeply conservative and have very different belief systems than I do. And what I've noticed when I look deeply is everyone has the exact same motivation, which is self-preservation and self-concern. My self-concern, because I'm an Aquarian and deeply Aquarian, is for humanity. That's my self-concern. But somebody else that is uh, another type of constitution, their self-concern might be taxes. And I've got to really get that. Like, who am I to judge that? That doesn't mean I don't speak truth to power because I do. But when I'm skillful, it's not an attack. And also on the other side, I don't shame people or belittle people because they're not politically correct. Mm. This is also deeply annoying to me that on either end of the spectrum, when we decide that people are no longer worth our time or energy and that we feel proud to get them out of our life, this is a denial of our interconnectedness. We never actually get anyone out of our life. We just bury the projection deeper. Wow, that was good. I think that's what it is. It's, it's this dehumanizing uh, and not realizing the interconnectedness of us. It's really um, nothing good can come from it. Even if the person is quote unquote right, right <laughs> on, on the surface, it does no good. You end up destroying so much in the process. Well, I've experienced it personally because I'm very outspoken activist in my own way, but I've had people call me out for this or that, not saying this correctly or not doing this right. I'm like, are you kidding me? If you have time to be, uh, how to say this, canvassing social media to see who's misspoken, you probably are not doing the work that the world needs, stopping hunger, helping people have clothing, working toward, you know, we are not here to correct each other. That's not our job, but we are here to stand for our principles. So everybody check yourself. If you're living your principles a hundred percent, then you actually don't need to correct other people. Love that. Yeah. I mean, your life will be the biggest billboard when you, when yes. you are in that space.
And I do want to say on that regard, I think one of the biggest losses of our North American culture has been listening to elders. You know, John Lewis, we, we have people that have understood really what it takes to have social transformation, and not one of them would tell you, turn your cheek. They would say, open your eyes, listen more deeply, tell your truth, but with respect. So I think one of the things I'd like to ask for 2021 with Saturn and Aquarius is let's reimagine that there's an entire group of people in their late 60s and 70s that have so much wisdom having gone through the 60s and this and that. Turn toward them. Don't invalidate them. Yes. Wow. That is great. Great, great words of wisdom. And I I even think about my grandma at this time of recording. She's 97. I think of her. I mean, she's like anybody like you said, from 60s on, but you think of what she lived through, like people in their 80s and 90s, what they lived through. And they are just put marginalized in our culture as being like not, they're kind of looked down on or ignored. And, but they have their, she's a wealth of, she's the big, one of the biggest lights in my life. Yes. And I have a good friend who you might've heard of Norman Lear and he's in his 90s and he created all the most progressive TV and he's still at it. And to spend time with him is like sitting at the foot of the greatest ancient redwood with a great sense of humor. But we don't want to miss out on people that have actually lived life instead of just spouted, you know, different types of quotes or um, rhetoric. That's mm-hmm. not wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's that reactionary level. Right. It's so interesting. I mean, that word Karen is thrown around so much, which is kind of not nice, but it is, it's kind of uh, true in the sense of the social media culture has lent itself to everybody. There's a lot of people out there that just feels like they can just be negative at a click of a button and they can. And there's this anonymity about it. It's, it's doing no good for us. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I think we need a Jim Carrey movie, which <laughs> is anything you say boomerangs. Anything you put on social media gets exaggerated inside your uh, life almost immediately. And then we'd have a very different experience of people pushing buttons. Mm, Well said. So let's just say we are, our buttons are pushed. We're in this reactionary, reactive mode. What's your advice? What's your wisdom on on helping us manage and guiding us through those, those hot emotions? Okay, well, it's very direct for me, and it does have to do with what you teach, which is eating and drinking and all of that. But here's the number one. I'm a very fiery person, so people have seen me lose it, and those of you that know me know that. So I have to work constantly at if I'm in that reactive mode, red alert, red alert, go take a walk. The only solution for me is movement, and it's movement away from the trigger, at least initially. So my first move is always get up and do something else. Don't react. Go take a walk. I do a lot of dancing in the living room. I turn up the music really loud, put in, you know, earphones, and then I just go. And then that really releases a lot of energy. So those are my go-to. Second, after that, if it hasn't cleared, I write a really, really, really mean thing I do not send, ever send. Just to get the energy out because I'm really fiery. And then um, thirdly... 
I have at least two or three friends, including my partner, that I say I need 10 minutes to vent. And their job is not to pile on. They cannot go, I agree, you're right. None of that's helpful. It's just like cleaning out the cobwebs. You just say it and your commitment, my commitment when I vent is when I'm done, I'm done. And then I always ask myself after I've done all my different kinds of release work, what is it I want as a result of this communication? Mm -hmm. So I think when I, you know, for those of us that are very impulsive, we are never thinking about the results in lashing out at somebody. It's Mm -hmm. just, it feels good to get it off our chest. But that's so low vibration. So then I just back up. I had something this morning. Somebody totally screwed something up. And I just wanted to blast her, you know? And then I just went, I love this person. What's the result I want? And then that totally changes my behavior because a result is not just me blasting and feeling for a moment this torch inside me. That's Mm -hmm. so not satisfying, ultimately. Yeah. So true. So this Aquarian shift that's happening this year, what is the best way for us to really use that energy wisely and harness and make make the most out of that time? Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you, and it's going to come out in my next book, which is called Your Divine Possibilities. But this is the thing I found out in researching what really helps us change and grow over all these years I've been studying people and doing this. The most important thing is we have a devoted crew, a kinship group. And this is never more true than in this year. So if you right now listening to this don't have that evolved kinship crew, find one. They're not hard to find. Here's how you know you're with a really good kinship crew. One, they hold you accountable. It's not like people that just blow smoke up your you know what. It's Mm -hmm. like they hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Two, they listen to you deeply and they care about your suffering. They don't try to fix it. They care about it. And they also completely enjoy your success. Because often we find one crew, but not the other crew. Like they love your suffering. You can call them all day long about your suffering. But let's say you have your new book come out and it's a number one bestseller. I don't really want to hear about that. Okay. Will, you can count on me either way. Suffering, I'm all there. Mm -hmm. Happiness, I'm all there. But the most important thing is do not buy victim story, people. Victim story is not helpful. That doesn't mean I don't have room to hear as a kinship crew that you've been victimized. It happens. But surviving stories is what we want to listen to and we want to coach people toward. So we all need in 2021 our kinship crew. And those are the people, and I think you need to have at least four to 12, that you can reach to for support and reach to to support. It cannot be unequal. So some people do it through 12-step programs. Some people do it through religion. In my case, I've just been very intentional collecting certain people that I completely rely on. You cannot have a kinship crew that doesn't show up. You've got to show up. They've got to show up. So basically 2021 is about raising the bar for who's in your bunker. 
And you've got to be very clear, no pity parties. That's so good. In our space of isolation, I mean, people are connected, quote unquote, so much through the internet. But the reality is the level of epidemic of loneliness is so high. The rates of depression, anxiety, and all of these type of brain health issues, in part because of this isolation that people have, and this fake connection where it's completely superficial. You don't get real with people, and and it's it's sterile. It's not real. And what you're saying is so the antithesis of that to remedy and to heal that loneliness. Yes, and I can tell you, I practice what I preach. I have four friends that I text every day, if not talk to doesn't have to be a big deal, but part of how you are intimate with people is they know you. It can't be like a once a month, hey, Wes, how's it going? So these four people I'm committed to, they're in my pod of, of connection. They're my kinship crew and they know I've got their back and I know they've got mine, but even better for someone like me, they make me laugh at myself constantly. Like they are not buying the Kool-Aid of Jennifer. You know, they just constantly are challenging me to be real, to be authentic, uh, Mm -hmm. to be good to my partner. This is who we need in 2021. And if you don't have it yet, there are so many people waiting for you. You've just got to be as good at it as you want to get it. Mm -hmm. So people that are like, where would you recommend if somebody is they're isolated. They don't, they, they, their friend group is, isn't edifying them very well. Maybe they're dragging them down and they want a new, new chapter for their life. What are some recommendations you have? Well, one of my meditation teachers is Dr. Eden Toll, and she has what's called a spiritual group that she works with. And, it, and she is the highest of integrity. So I would find her and get along with her. Also, another Qigong teacher of mine is named Paul Frazier, F-R-A-S-E-R, and he does group practice. I do a Qigong practice every morning with like a thousand people. You just start where you start. Where are you drawn? And just really be sincere about your criteria, because honestly, so many people are more invested in drama than growth. And you've got to make that shift. You've got to realize that drama is just its own fulfillment of emptiness. And growth is really about what part are you playing in the world and who do you have making sure that you're up to the task. This is amazing. So it's true. I mean, that the quote unquote bonding around negativity or drama or gossiping or thinking you're better than other people, that's not real bonding, is it? No, it's it's like eating a lot of sugar and never, ever feeling full, but feeling really creepy and awful afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm also somebody that loves to gossip, but I've learned to make it only positive gossip. And positive gossip has a great benefit. So if you want to gossip, just say things like, I had the best meeting with Will Cole today. He's the most awesome guy. Brag about people you love and people that are doing great things. It's got such a better payout. That's great. Positive gossip. I think that's awesome. Lift people up through, through talking about them. I love that. So I want to say one thing because it just occurs to me, we met through Elise Lonan. Mm -hmm. So I want to positively gossip about her. Follow her on Instagram, everyone. You will get 
uh, beautiful, extraordinary view into what high consciousness is in a very self-deprecating, fun kind of way. Yeah, so I, well I think it's like who you follow is who you are, you know? Yeah, I love that. You're right. At least introduced us. I said, because she's she lives and breathes this stuff of wellness and on all levels. And I said, you know, what's one expert practitioner that you would recommend for, it was just, just self-help, just bettering your life. And she said, Jennifer Freed. And that's how we uh, met. That's a beautiful, so, thank you. True. See, and this is the love that goes around. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And so that's the, the, the crew that you mentioned, that elevated crew is connected to the Aquarian energy. Is that right? That's, Am I saying that right? That's the entire thing. Like I can promise you, you wouldn't get in a canoe to cross the ocean with just yourself if you had a choice. That's what we're all doing metaphorically this year. We're crossing the big divide and we need all hands on and we need to trust the people by our side and we need to make sure we're in shape. So that goes back to, I want to say, you're, you're who I follow. I don't follow many people because everything you do is about being healthier, more in shape to do the stuff that means the most in life. So that's 2021. You've got to find your crewmates. You got to get in the boat. You got to have an intention. And I'm optimistic. If we all do that, if everyone that's listening to this says, yes, I'm going to find this crew and I'm going to do it. 2021 can be the most rapid accelerated growth for good reasons that we've had after this incredible what I call death rebirth year, 2020. Mm, well said. Something that I wanted to talk about before we go is your work with AHA. I don't know much about it, but I, I want to learn more. Well, uh, Randy, my partner, and I started AHA 21 years ago because we noticed that in school, people were learning academics, but they weren't learning how to relate to each other. And all the research has now confirmed this. To truly be a happy human being, you have to have good relationships. The rest of it doesn't much matter if you don't have that. Mm -hmm. So we started AHA back then to train teenagers in what's called social-emotional development. It uh, grew quite quickly. We have 25 staff. We've served over, by now, probably 45,000 teens, educators, and families. And currently, we're doing a national project called the Heroes AHA Heroes Project, where we're doing Zoom assemblies all over the country, featuring people like Jeff Bridges, Dolores Huerta, Gwyneth Paltrow, Van Jones, talking about what it means to be a hero. And the beauty of this AHA project is we're going way beyond partisanship, beyond any kind of division, because no one cares if you're in a burning car who pulls you out of it. And we all have to get to that place. And we are through these assemblies and the youth are wild about it. The teachers are loving it. And so our goal for 2021 is to serve 60,000 students and teachers around the country. And we're getting some great donations. We can use more, but people like Microsoft are helping us and Cameo. And this is my passion is to endow the youth with the things we didn't get growing up, which is a priority on compassion, empathy, and healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Anything worth having begins there. Great stuff. So if people want to get involved, to support what your work with AHA, how would they do that? 
You just go right to ahasb.org, or you can find it through my website, jenniferfreed.com. Okay. So the show is called The Art of Being Well, and we've woven your wisdom throughout this conversation, and I'm so excited for people to hear this. But for people that are new to the stuff we're talking about and through your years of experience— What's one piece of wisdom that we haven't talked about so far that you wish you knew 20 years ago about the art of being well as, as in regards to your work? Well, this is the topic of my next book, but I'll try to distill it down into this. The art of being well is a daily practice, and it is never something you can take for granted or rest on. So The art of living well is actualizing your extraordinary, miraculous life force by paying attention to four things. One, what you do, Will, the health, nutrition, et cetera. Gotta have that. Two, you have to have positive narrative. You have to have mental support for thinking through in a positive way. Three, you have to have a regular practice of releasing feelings because they are real and they need to be addressed. And four, you have to have some dynamic creative Mm self-expression that really allows your free creative child to be expressed. Mm -hmm. And if you do those four, and I'm going to talk a lot more about it in my next book, then you will have a sense of overall well-being. And the biggest thing I've learned that I wish somebody would have told me back when is it's an incredible amount of work. Don't let that stop you. And secondly, you cannot depend on anyone else to have you do it. You can have help, but this has to be your singular focus because I can tell you, and you know this too, Will, because I have wellness, I can do everything. And if I'm not well, I can't do hardly anything. So is it really work to do what's necessary? Beautifully said, beautifully said. So I, I want to hear about, what can you tell us about the book, uh, the, the new book? Well, I'm out. writing it now. Yeah. I'm just so excited about it because here's the, here's the little snapshot and then look for it, your divine possibilities. The snapshot is this, a great astrology reading will give you a diagnostic about you know, what's possible. But without what I'm calling the transformative matrices, no insight is going to get you there. Not even with food or nutrition. It's all about the daily adherence to what matters. So the book's going to show you very complex things about your chart and about the cycles you're in, but it will also hopefully enjoin you, teach you, instruct you on how to actually move from the primitive to the evolving so that you have real steps to getting to be exactly how you want to be. Mm. It's the next level. It's the next level after use your planets wisely. Exactly. I love that. So I was honored to to write a blurb for your book. Uh, and I, I want to read it right now. It says, Dr. Jennifer Freed is the closest thing to having a wise angel for guidance on your path in life. I meant it then. I mean it now. I am so honored to have you in my life. 
Me too, Will. And I'll keep following you because every time I look at your beautiful face teaching me something, I really get this jolt of happiness. So thank you. Thank you, friend. I love that conversation. So good. If you want to learn more about Dr. Jennifer Freed, check her out at jenniferfreed.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-F-R-E-E-D.com. And be sure to pick up a copy of her book. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. All right, let's get to another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Nikki. Nikki asks, hi, Dr. Cole. I know functional medicine is very evidence-based with the Cleveland Clinic having a functional medicine center. So what is the functional medicine perspective and what is your perspective on energy healing practices like Reiki? Great question, Nikki. You're right. Absolutely. Functional medicine is very evidence-based. The Cleveland Clinic has a functional medicine center. All the doctors at the Cleveland Clinic's functional medicine center are trained or were trained by the Institute for Functional Medicine or IFM. And that's who's trained myself and my team. And um, it is, it is to me, functional medicine is the perfect or near perfect amalgamation of the best of being evidence-based in conventional medicine. And that is running diagnostics and actually running more comprehensive and thorough diagnostics when it's clinically appropriate. And uh, the best of complementary alternative medicine, which is getting to the root cause, asking these questions, thinking outside of the box, not being bound by the box and putting people in a box, proverbially speaking. And it is it is uh, using whatever the most effective option for that person is that's causing them the least amount of side effects. So it's digging deep into clinical nutrition, digging deep into to health and wellness and using food as medicine and cutting edge research as far as health and wellness is concerned. So you're absolutely right. So what is my opinion? What's functional medicine's opinion when it comes to energy healing practices like Reiki? Well, I don't think it has to be either or, and that's exactly what the heart of functional medicine is. It should not be either or. It's conventional medicine versus functional medicine. That is such antiquated, archaic, actually very hurtful thinking because it only hurts the person that's struggling with different health problems. And I consult people 11 plus hours a day that are struggling with very complex autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue issues, hormonal problems, digestive issues. The people that are struggling are not served with this sort of um, reductionist thinking that it's this tribalist us versus them mentality. It's to me, let's all come together and figure out what is this person's most effective option that's causing them the least amount of side effects. So it should not be either or, it should be both and. And let me repeat that again for the people in the back. It should not be us versus them or either or, it should be both and. Like what are the, what's the best of both worlds? What is the best 
of all worlds to have tools within the toolbox to serve this person. So I see energy healing uh, practices to be a tool to consider when it's appropriate, when it's it's not right for everybody, it's not needed for everybody and different points of people's health journey, just like in today's conversation. Uh, these are all things for people to consider. And to be honest with you, there's actually a lot of compelling science in the scientific literature, looking at energy healing practices like Reiki, for example, and for people that are not aware of what Reiki is, it's actually originally from Japan, but it's the technique is done by a practitioner that doesn't actually touch the client's body typically, but usually the person's lying down and the practitioner actually uses energy healing through their hand movements to activate the person's own healing pathways. That's the, the theory of Reiki. It sounds out there, I know that, but there's actually some studies showing that Reiki can help reduce anxiety, reduce pain and depression, and Reiki can actually help with chronic disease management. So whatever the mechanisms at play, more studies, of course, need to be done with these things, but there's actually studies done on energy healing practices like Reiki and even like Qigong. Qigong is another energy healing practice. It it's involves gentle movement, breathing techniques, and meditation uh, and has been shown to actually get rid of different problems as well for some people, uh, as specifically helping to reduce chronic inflammation. There's studies looking at Qigong and inflammation. It may help improve chronic fatigue issues and help boost the body's immune system. In the scientific literature, these things are being studied as well as sound therapy. Again, sounds out there, but sound therapy and sound baths, other uh, studies have been shown that it can reduce tension in the body, fend off depression, again, helping mood. Same with acupuncture, which is probably one of the more uh, well-studied and honestly in a Western mindset, better accepted or more accepted energy healing practice. And maybe people don't even think of it as energy healing, but it actually is when you talk about chi and how these things are working. Uh, but studies have shown that acupuncture can be helpful for fertility uh, for some people and help lower um, pain. People that are struggling with things like low back pain. The point is, and let me just say this, with acupuncture, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was seen as weirder and more woo-woo than it is today. So I think a lot of it is our Western mind is just because it's new and we don't understand it, it's seen as strange. But the more it's integrated into our culture uh, and people see the real life benefits of these things and there's more science and studies around it, people can become more comfortable with it. And I would have put even yoga under that category too. I mean, there's, that is... It's considered by many schools of thought as, as energy practice as well. If you actually look at uh, what's going on there um, and we know a lot of the benefits of yoga. So just like, you know, when we talk about Reiki and Qigong and sound therapy and sound baths, I think that in 10 years, it's going to be better, more well integrated and accepted by our culture, just like acupuncture and yoga are more accepted because they kind of were the uh, a gateway into a lot of these alternative practices. So that's my thought on it. There's a lot of emerging science uh, around these practices. Of course, more studies need to be done to understand it, but definitely something that I've seen good success with a lot of these, both personally and with my patients uh, when I refer out to different uh, practitioners. So thanks for the question, Nikki.
That's it for today. Thanks again for hanging out with me. I would love to know what you think about the art of being well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.